Welcome to the Premier League Forever Forest podcast. Hello and welcome to the Forever Forest podcast. Uh, I don't know if any of you know who I am. My name's uh, Ryan Freebreed, known as Freebs the Tree and all things like that. Uh, I like to talk about football, so I thought we'd do a pod, probably do it for a couple of years and then just spend the whole of Christmas off and then come back and see if anyone remembers us. Um, it's been a while. It has been a while. Thanks for those of you who are asking for us to come back. For those of you who don't give a shit, hey, what are you doing even listening? You need to go and buy a half and half scarf. Talking about such things. Kieran, you're back. How's things? Hey up, mate. I'm good, mate. I'm good. I've uh, had a nice little break, to be honest. I, I, you know, probably makes me a bit of a cretin, but I had five weeks off football during the World Cup, completely detoxed from it. And then we've come back to Forest, and it's uh, emotional again. Love it. It's good. Yeah, it's not it's not awful, awful, but you know, there's there's things to talk about. Talking about things to talk about, it's only uh, Lazarus herself. Back from the dead, it's Lisa Fox. How are you doing, Lisa? I wasn't quite dead. I was just really quite poorly. Um, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm better than I'm a lot better than I was. Um, as you know, doing quite a lot of fundraising over Christmas. I was doing an advent of fundraising throughout the whole of December, and from about the 14th onwards, I could hardly talk, and it just got worse and worse. And one night, I just finished work and went to bed at five o'clock. Um, and Tails was like, mm, I don't think we're going to be going live tonight, Lise. <laughs> I literally couldn't move me. Um, and I, as I said earlier, um, before we started recording, uh, bumped into a friend in, the, in a pub in Manchester um, between Christmas and New Year. And he said, hi, Lise, you look really uh, a lot better than you did, but you still look shit. So, um, yeah, cheers. Thanks, Glenn. <laughs> uh, is it the kind of ill that if your kids had it you'd be really really worried about them or, or was it one of those that you had to try and make everyone believe you weren't well no i uh regulating my temperature was really really scary the chills that i couldn't literally do anything about when they hit were unbelievable um and there was no surprise that i went to the uh the doctors and he said oh yeah you've got a temperature of 38.4 and i was like mm, my temperature is normally about 35.5 ish so the fact that it was 38 was pretty worrying and he he basically said um right you had your antibiotics here's your inhalers if they don't work go to A&E and then yeah so for those of you who are going I've missed this podcast and now going bloody hell all that all that science about the human body and things like that I haven't been I haven't been that ill in 30 years and the last time I was this poorly was when I had the flu jab so I haven't had it since I've been that ill for like what since you were one that's incredible um so she said she had chills there multiplying and she was losing control talking of people like that and i'm praying that she's there when i say hello uh it's holly royal are you there holly she just popped up you know what i just i had had a massive panic and i thought i've got the time have i got the time wrong oh it's it's perfect mate it's exactly what people need after a christmas and a break and a world cup and stuff so uh, you were actually sort of live in a sense but we just were free and I'd had a burger and Kieran had been stroking his scarves and Lisa was regulating the temperature. So we thought we'd <laughs> go for it and you'd turn up and here you are. So how, how was Christmas for you? All good? Yeah, it was very quiet, but very nice. Thank you. Wonderful. And we got a great result in uh, sports personality as well. We're glad to say, aren't we? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I think that was a bit of a foregone conclusion, really. But yeah, delighted. I know. You're all next day. You shouldn't win it if you're in a team sport. Shut up. Okay. So uh, we all support Nottingham Forest Football Club. They have been back since the uh, break. We saw some of our lads playing in uh, in Qatar. Um, and also we saw, uh, um, well, no end of Twitter stuff. And it probably doesn't listen to it anyway. But Alan was doing his thing in the final as well. I wish he put a headband on that other chap and was being a bit more rambunctious. But hey, you know, he was there. What a game to see. Um so, yes, we are going to talk a little bit about what's happened since we've come back. Um, there's been quite a few games. We're not probably going to go blow by blow, but an overall feel of the club. Um, and we're going to talk about what's coming up, some nice cup stuff. There's been some cup stuff recently, which I think depended if you were there. If you'd gone all the way there with your, your alien and your inflatable bed, you probably were a bit pissed off you went. Whereas if you were sat in your shorts watching it like me, it was like, meh, fuck it, doesn't matter. Uh, and we'll talk about any other news because it's, it's Forest. There's surely something 
massive in some way gone on in the club. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, so as it's the order they're in, and um, we'll start with Kieran. Uh, since we've been back, we had Man United away. Turn up. Chelsea should have stuffed them. Let's be honest. Let's, let's be honest about that. That's looking a bit more annoying by the minute. Um, and a win away at Southampton. And a League Cup win as well. And then uh, we'll talk about Blackpool separately. Overall, Kieran, how does your chest feel post Christmas, I mean, not full of turkey and stuff. It'd be weird in your chest, I know. But are you, is your chest puffed out? Are you thinking we're in a good spot right now? We're out of relegation? Over to you. Yeah, we're right amongst it. We are right amongst it. I, I went to the United game and I left that one feeling absolutely deflated that ultimately it feels like if we don't survive, it's going to be our away form that, that screws us over. Um Chelsea was a bit of an antidote, and you're right, we we should have put them to bed. Koulibaly getting turned uh, left and right by Taiwo. And don't get me wrong, Taiwo is definitely uh, rising to the occasion, becoming a stronger presence in this team. But Usain Bolt, he is not, and Koulibaly should be absolutely ashamed of himself. Um, you say yeah, Yatesy Southampton. Yatesy owning that midfield as well, I thought it was tremendous. Yeah, no, we, we looked really solid. Southampton, we needed that. We needed an away win. Uh, I didn't love the second half. I was a bit nervous throughout. All right, Steve Cooper. All right, Steve Cooper. <laughs> Complacency, mate. Uh, yeah, won't, won't stand for it. But yeah, no, look, on the whole, pretty good. Um, loads of work to be done, but it's just all about the league. I know we've got the, the Carabao coming up, but whatever. Quarterfinals on paper is a hell of an achievement, um, but if we stay up as well. So just screw your heads on, lads. Let's just let's just nail down this league. Long journey to go. So, so Lisa, I'm going to go back a little bit to what Kieran was talking about there. So Blackburn away was a funny one because it was an away game against a side we know from the Championship is a tough place to go. Um, and obviously we know that they're doing well in the league as it stands. Now, they didn't really play their first team. We didn't really either, but we played a strong... And we, we looked all right. We looked really dangerous and lethal. And then you go into United where we were just really... I mean, 2-1, if that goal, you know, would it change it? I don't know. Uh, do, do you think Forrest had a bit of a start like that? I mean, I know Chelsea was also a game of two hours as, as well, and Southampton was an awful game, but got the result. Do you think Forrest keeps sort of firing and they're not firing? And Or do you sort of look at the teams they picked and think it's not really fair to look at it that way? I think um, Blackburn was really encouraging that we actually went out there and put in a performance that we know that those players are capable of. Um, and it doesn't matter that you're playing the youth, as, as it proved on Saturday. Um, you play against the players that are in front of you and that, we've, that we went out and were, were pretty free scoring. Um, I was quite happy with that. And then we went to United and I was actually really frustrated um, because United were poor and we were worse. Um, and it was literally a game of them having two or three chances, capitalising on mistakes that we made and scoring the goals. And that annoyed me more than anything else, I think, that I've, I've kind of seen this season, that if if we look back on the, the away points that we have dropped and it is because of mistakes that we've made, it, it is annoying because we don't seem to learn from them because we we do it all the time. Um, I think then when we played Chelsea, the the encouraging thing was that they scored first. Um, it was again from a mistake, really, but ultimately it fell really sweetly to um, Raheem Sterling. He hit it well. And the encouraging thing from that was that we didn't then concede again within five minutes. And the ground seemed to hold their breath um, because that's what happened. You know, we concede and then we concede again and then we concede again and then we've capitulated and it's shit. Um, but that didn't happen. And normally the fans kind of rise to the occasion and are straight back on, you know, behind the team. And that that didn't happen either. There was like a, a hold your breath moment. And then it was a reset and we and we carried on and were the better side in the second half and, and should have beaten them. Um, Southampton... Yeah, like like Kieran said, first half, better team by a long way. Second half, two teams um, battling relegation and it wasn't pretty. And I'm glad that we got over the line in the 90 minutes. Um, Saturday, we've gone full circle from best away day of last season to worst away day of this. And it's, it's, it's sort of tied to Blackburn in a way because Blackburn are a better championship side than Blackpool. That was very much Blackburn's not first team. I'll put it that way rather than saying second string. And you'd argue we we probably had a stronger side at Blackburn because I think he was in it than we did at 
at Blackpool. So, Holly, do we look at the Cups as a bit of a, you know, me and Lisa were just saying on the radio, I'm kind of disappointed from the point of view that they've not stepped up some of them lads. And I know it's one game. I'm not going to, you know, call, say, Sam Storage an awful striker now because of one game when he's done so much good in the past. But is it you kind of have to sort of fight your battles in the Cups and see them as you use them where you use them sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. It was their chance to shine, wasn't it? It was their chance to make a, a play for a starting position. And I think I said this on our chat is, you know, winning breeds positivity and momentum. And after coming out of the, the Chelsea game, um, really good, really positive, get that amazing win away from home um, at Southampton. Two winnable games, if I'm honest, against Blackpool and then Wolves, very beatable at home. And then we go into Leicester and that's that's real momentum and that's real positivity. And as to quote my uh, my mate, Jonathan, um, I thought Forrest were over being hopelessly inept. You know, I thought we'd sort of turned a bit of a corner and regardless of who's in front of us, we're still solid, we're still cohesive, we can still give someone a game. And the fact that we lost in that manner, uh, and my, my heart goes out to people like Lisa actually go into that because, you know, as you said, Lisa, like, you know, what an amazing away day last season. I wasn't there, uh, but it looked fantastic and it must have really tarnished that. And that's such a shame. But no, all isn't lost. Of course not. But 4-1, come on, we're better than that. Really, really disappointing. But um, you're only as good as your, as your most recent game and beat Wolves and it's kind of all forgotten. But um, yeah, really, really disappointing, to be honest. Nothing can take away anything from last season, Holly. No, of course not. Of course not. That you is, know, yeah, whatever. Unless I guess we lose to, I don't know, some second-rate side like Derby at the Cup final. It makes you think of Wembley in a different way. No one can ever take those times away from us, I guess. Um, Ron, uh, as it keeps coming up on my thing, Kieran, I I, I thought about this last week on the radio, so I didn't say it to you guys. When I was briefly working with Raheem a couple of times last year, I said to him twice, in fact, um, have a really good winter for England and be awful on New Year's Day. And then the bastard basically was pretty shit for England and scored a goal off the bar at Forest. And it's like, no, 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 that was the reverse of what I asked you to do. I, I'm not going to talk about it in terms of that goal because it seemed to defy all laws of physics. If I asked a defender to do that again, and, you know, it was off Bowley, I think, wasn't it? Hit the bar, come down, something like that. I know it just made me think when Lisa was on about the things that Forest have let slip and stuff. Is it a Premier League thing that we haven't seen us sort of go, oh, that was lucky we got that goal going for us? Or that, you know, Southampton, they, they sort of lagged on the ball a bit, didn't they, and give uh, the chance for uh, Brennan to run off as he did and all that business. Do you think it's the league we're in now that you just don't see as much of that shit because it's meant to be a better quality? I don't think, I can't think of many games this year where we've been really lucky in any way. Yeah, even the commentators sounded a bit flabbergasted with the Chelsea goal and called it a freak goal. You're not used to that in the Premier League. Things are generally born out of moments of quality, which probably says a lot about where Chelsea are at, that that's the goal they got in that game. Um, Yeah, it's... We have to graft so hard for every goal that we get. And that Southampton goal, I was was nearly going to slate him, to be honest, but Brennan needed that moment and that run and to finally create a little bit of chaos in that league and show that he can beat players for pace and then make the smart decision, which was just square it. Um, he had moments in that in the Chelsea game when he was through. And yeah, you know what? It was on his left foot, but it was a weird choice to go low to a keeper defending his near post. Um, those moments of quality are going to be the difference between where we finish. And just going back a little bit further, because I know we were, getting, we were happy with the, the Blackburn performance, because suddenly out of nowhere after that break, I think we had something like 24 attempts. I yeah. might be getting that wrong, but it was certainly beyond 20 in that game. And out of nowhere, I was like, okay, Cooper's worked on this over um, over the break. The lads that have been there have, have done something. But to play devil's advocate, that was a game where Brennan looked great. And then he went a bit quiet until Southampton. And I just worry that we're reliant on someone who's maybe not ready to lead us in the way that we need them to. Um, it, it's not to say he's... Doss and that he's not got a place in this squad but if you're going to be one of the first names on the the team sheet and someone that Cooper repeatedly puts his faith in you've got to start repaying it more frequently than once every four games against teams that you know are right amongst it Southampton and Nathan Jones they're, they're going down if they don't go down at the end of the season I'll be absolutely gobsmacked but you know we need Brennan to 
get those goals against Chelsea. We need him to give a headache to a United team that no one really heralds for their level of defensive capability. We, we need players to really step up. So as much as there have been positives, um, those moments of quality have to also come consistently. And yeah, there's a, there's a step up to be made in in this league. Yeah, I mean, we could have that debate, Lisa, because I think you thought we had a better... It was match of the day, I think, after we played Southampton and they did a whole piece about Forrest's main man was Brennan Johnson and this and that. And I'm thinking, we have this debate quite a lot and, you know, uh, I'm kind of well vocal on it. Anyone who wears a red shirt, I want them to do well, but I still think I feel like we should have took the money the more and more I think about it. Uh, I know he's young and I hear all the things and, I, you know, I, it's not, I'm never trying to torture anyone or crucify someone because mine is in this league, especially from what, on the back of what Kieran said, you haven't got the chances to do those ones where you don't think and you don't pass. And, you know, I think the one against Chelsea, when I look back at what Thiago Silva did, it was just perfect defending. He positioned himself so well to block off the pass to a one of you. Um, where do you sit on it at the minute, Lisa? If someone in the January transfer window went, here's 15 million pounds, just put, Pick the figure there, but Brennan Johnson. Oh, I know what Lisa's going to say. I kind of know the answer. Would you sell him? You're going to say no because you haven't got anyone else, aren't you? Go on. <clears throat> so, <laughs> um, oh, Lisa knows something. <laughs> I no, I don't. I actually don't. Um, I think Brennan will be a different player this half of the season. Oh, why? Uh, why is that? Simply because I think maybe he had one eye on the World Cup, and I and we saw that against Blackburn that he came out and and was the old Brennan. Um, and also, you know, against uh, Chelsea, he was fighting and and just getting involved. And and Southampton was an interesting one because just sticking with Chelsea for now. Before the game, I think him and Morgan Gibbs White were told to be more bold in front of goal, and I think Coop said that after in the interview. Um, so for me, Brennan taking the shot rather than squaring it when Teo was kind of running a little bit behind where he possibly should have been. Um, I kind of get it. Uh, we can talk about that all day long. Would he have scored it? Would he not have scored it? Nobody knows. Um, and had Brennan's gone in, it, it wouldn't have even been an issue. He did the right thing on Wednesday. Was it retrospectively because of what happened on the Saturday, previous Sunday previously? We don't know, but Teo made you know Brennan's run was great the cross was pinpoint the goal went in we got the three points end of conversation would I sell him no I think he's a great prospect um is he a confidence player very much so has he got a great relationship with Gibbs White Lingard um Surridge Teo yes he has so why would you sell him because you've you've you're then asking somebody else to come in and do that same job the other side of it is we are putting all our eggs in the basket of a 21-year-old who has played 18 times in the in the Premiership. And he has got to gain his confidence, he has got to grow, and he has got to be given the opportunity of becoming the player that he can be. And I'm quite excited that he's one of ours. Well, it's, yeah, I, I guess I, my my thing sits from thinking about Ben Brereton, and I know he's done all right at Blackpool, but there's players that we would have at the time, like, oh, why are we selling them or, you know, like that. And some have been hits, look at Genus or Genus. I always used to call him Genus, I just can't do it. Uh, and Lisa, who's, who's Teo? I won you. Wow, fuck me, 2023. It's took a many months. Uh, Holly, who's been your absolute star so far since we've re returned, returned um, back to the game? Uh, for me, in a nutshell, my, yeah, that's one, that's one option. Um, for me, it has been, if we before, before we played Chelsea, I was desperate for this man to play. Uh, I know he's had on and offs, but he's the one I think is definitely the level we need to get all players to. And it's not our homegrown Ryan Yates, even though I think he's absolutely phenomenal. It's Morgan Gibbs White. I kind of just think that without him, Forrest looked like they're missing something. But that's not to put words in your mouth. Who for you has been your favourite player since the return to football? Yeah, I think along with everybody else, delighted to see him back again. Um, and again, he's just going to get better and better, isn't he? The more game time he gets, he just gives us something different, a different spark, links up really well, takes players on. He's just got a certain swagger and confidence about him as well. A little bit of a shout out to Bolly as well. He, I, to begin with, I wasn't impressed with him at all. And I think he's been pretty decent the last few games. Um, yeah, definitely MGW for me. And it just annoys me that MGW isn't really very cool to say. You know, it's not like you <laughs> doesn't know, roll off the tongue, does it really? Yeah. No. And actually, he's a perfect one to bring up in this situation and going into Kieran because uh, I'm currently just had a quick look on Twitter and 
There's, it's been put out by the few things about Gibbs White doing his Rubik's Cube uh, in the dressing room from Brennan's uh, Insta, I think it is. And in, in the last hour, Brittany DeVillers, who is uh, Morgan Gibbs White's partner, has just fired this out. Sorry to bait him out, but he sits at the table for hours every day watching YouTube tutorials on how to complete it. And he hasn't completed it once in almost a week. Bless him. I love that somehow my club is now associated with Rubik's Cubes and skateboarding. And the samba, samba, sweet samba sound. Kieran, your thoughts on the pre-excitement of the wonderful world of Gustavo Scarpa and what you've seen in the small bit so far, because I think I might want to marry the man, and especially that crazy face he keeps pulling. Oh, so you mentioned there about players that we've been happiest with since the return. He's already up in that list for me. The distribution of that man is a cut above what we've had in the rest of the squad, bar maybe Morgan Gibbs-White. Um, do you know what? A Rubik's Cube is probably the perfect metaphor for Nottingham Forest. Like, there's a logical solution. If you go and spend a little bit of time and research it, you can probably solve it pretty quickly. And yet half of our squad is just banging their head against the wall, trying to work this out. Um, yeah, look, Scarpa's really exciting. He, he's got personality as well. Before the start of the season, I was talking about um, I wanted Jesse to bring a bit of swagger to the squad and a bit of personality. I think Scarpa's going to do it in that Cafu sense off the pitch. He just seems so likeable that there's a bit of a unity that comes from his presence alone. He just, he's a good time guy. I'm gutted that I'm not going to see more videos of him skateboarding around the market square, but I'm kind of glad that we're going to wrap him in a little bit of cotton wool. But yeah, just personality and the squad needed it. And we needed someone that's not really going to be asked about whoever they come up against. I'd hoped it was Jesse at the start of the season. Now we've reached the midway point. It's all about Gustavo. And I, I just can't wait to see him break into the starting 11 um, as opposed to just uh, being an impact player from the bench. I think a few players are going to get a kick up the arse um, from his ability on the pitch. And they're going to have to raise their game to match his. He, um, for those who didn't see it, I was messaging it to these guys in the group, uh, how when he first arrived, obviously he couldn't play and it was fucking freezing, wasn't it? It was ice everywhere. And all of his bloody Instagram stuff was just kept mentioning the word soul in Portuguese and then some little crappy sun coming through. And he's obviously going, what the fuck is this? It's so cold. And it's like, cold. He's like oh, no, no. I guess in my head, he's going, oh, look, the sun is here. And then he's just wandering around the streets looking for things to grind on. Look it up, it's skateboard talk. I don't, it's, uh, it's, well, I don't know. But I, I, do you know what, as well? I think I've become, I'm older, so I definitely am skeptical of footballers and see them as all like with way too many tattoos and jewelry and cars and too much to spend it on. I fucking love the fact that guy just plays a Rubik's Cube and wants to go out and just do, you know, flips and hops and stuff, which they asked him about on Radio Nottingham. He was like, well, I'm not really meant to, but I'll still try and find a way. It's in my soul, skateboarding. And I think the more confident he gets, I don't think you'd ever see an arrogance with him. He seems such a genuinely all right chap. And the piss taking of himself, that smile thing he does is not, that's not trying to look cool. That's the guy who's going, it's just like, He's a bit geeky in a weird way, and I kind of love it. And I hope he is a template. I mean, I saw the bit where Ryan Yates comes up to him with the Rubik's Cubes, and he's saying, let's see, even Ryan Yates is becoming a Brazilian Rubik's Cube, man. Uh, Lisa, Ryan Yates, uh, England player in the future? <laughs> uh, well, no the, way, the, the way that Declan Rice has been playing, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, not that Rob, but he's... He, obviously, 150 games now for Forrest, Ryan Yates. He's had his knockers, and he's had his detractors, and he's had people who just stood by him all the time. Um, but yeah, just overall, I mean, uh, what was it, Ken? I think one of the games we said, I didn't think he had his best game actually in the last few, and you can't every one of them. But Aaron Brazil said in that, you just you'd have 100 of him if you could, you know. It's just like the, you, I think Gary Brazil almost vampirically said, I wish I could put his blood into youngsters, which sounded really freaky. Um, but yeah, the love for him just grows, right? At least, yeah, I mean, he is one that has stepped into that premiership role that he has, um, and doesn't give a shit. He does exactly what we we know he's capable of. Um, and I mean, on Saturday, that was quite funny. You know, if Yatesy scores, we're in the sea. No, we're not. It's too cold. Um, and it, it was just, uh, I'm glad that he was the one that got the goal, to be fair, because, um, you know, I think he was a little bit unlucky to have lost his place. But I, I understood why they changed it. But I did think 11 changes was a little bit too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I just adore him. You know this. I know how you feel about the guy as well. And I just think he is 
um, a player that has just proven so many people wrong. Um, and I'm really glad. Yeah, I, I think 11 of them in the team, you probably might lose a few games, but you'd also be covered in blood. And I can't believe I was saying it's like one of the Bass Street kids. He's always got a bruise and a knock and he's... So he's you know he's when, never injured. Well, I know, it's incredible. And he, he's flying in. He's a bit like Johnny Wilkinson used to be when he was playing Scrum Half England, which always you know, whacked, but he did get injured. <laughs> the only thing for me is he just needs to cut out the pushing because we he's yeah. not getting away with it this season. Um, and... Uh, but but he also doesn't get booked very often, which is which is quite interesting, because he probably, if you look at things, is one, the one that probably does get fouled and fouls the most. Um, yeah. But he never seems to get a yellow card. He's the clumsiest seem... pain in the arse that yeah, yeah, opposition yeah, have to deal with. But he's, he reminds have... me. He reminds me of um, Nigel Clough, who didn't get booked very often. Um, in, in when he used to play because he will talk to the referee he'll he'll yeah. have a bit of a conversation with a smile on his face and I think he is genuinely such a nice guy that refs don't yeah, want to book him he's alright yeah because that's it if he was against I always think what I'd do if he was against us I'd be like oh fucking fouls and all this kind of shit and then I'd go yeah absolute shit house seems a nice Adam baby faced assassin <laughs> yeah he's got that little wind up only um Holly this is a bit of a big question, really, for you. And it's the biggest question for the, the most royal of our uh, panel. As well, I play on names. Uh, Nottingham Forest, are they going to stay up from what you've seen right now? Don't worry about cups. We just want to know, will they be in the Premier League in 23-24? Ooh. Don't, don't you go start looking for your fence. Uh, what's your heart saying? From what we've seen, um, Chelsea onwards, I'd like to think yes. Um the thing was with Man United, with the Man United game, I thought we looked fairly in control until they scored, and then the floodgates opened. But I thought we looked fairly composed, had a few openings. So I want to say yes. I really want to say yes. I want to be positive. You know, I want to take last season, bring it into this season, full on throttle. Yes, we're going to stay up, but you know, stuff like Black the Blackpool game, it does worry me slightly that we can't just have that cohesive unit going through all. You know taking it into the cups, into the league games and just kind of be that full Nottingham Forest that we should be. And, and I don't know, we'll see. I think the next few games are going to be a real teller, aren't they? Because there's some really winnable games there, we say, touch wood on paper. But that's going to be the crunch, I think. But I want to say yes. I just is a phrase, touch wood on paper. I thought, that touch wood on paper. <laughs> oh, Collingham. I've actually got wood on paper, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do I've no idea what I was talking about, but yeah. Growing up in Collingham, we used to like touching the wood on the paper. It sounds like a euphemism for a little bit backward, yes. Uh, yeah, a little bit a bit up and down around the sides. Uh Kieran, what's Forest's downfall gonna be if they do go down this year? Is it gonna be themselves? Is it gonna be too much in the league? Is it gonna be uh we'll come to it later, off field shenanigans? What's if something is gonna you know, stop us having half and halves against Man United and more against Macclesfield. What might it be? I don't want to touch the off-field stuff. I think we've uh, we've said it enough in the past. But you know, if someone happens to be listening, cut the shit. Maybe. Um, you can imagine but, yeah. did. <laughs> but on the field, on the field, it, it's going to hundred percent be those sleepy moments. The goal. The first United goal, we were right behind it, and you just saw you saw him making the run. It's like, why is no one with him? Why is no one with him? Why is no one with him? Right in the back of the net. The second one, I'm sorry, Hennessy has to make that save. He got a hand to it. I don't care that it was a little bit wet. It's Manchester. You need to uh, have a towel near you, mate. You We've been to been Stockport. There. We can handle Manchester. It's the same thing. Yeah. So ultimately, it is going to be those sleepy moments, particularly if they happen at home. Because um, do you know what? touching wood on paper, like you can Absolutely. forgive us. You think, can forgive us for losing to Man United and to Man City uh, away from home. United, by the way, yeah, Lisa was right. They were poor. Like another team, a city doesn't take their foot off our neck in that scenario. And United fans, that is precisely why you are not an elite Premier League team anymore. Um, Man United or something, yeah. <laughs> they're down the road, mate. They're the noisy neighbours. Uh, I spent the week I spent the weekend at FC, so you end up just absorbing this level of vitriol. I get you, mate. Um, yeah, I'm with you, yeah, that's right. Lack of focus, that'll be our undoing this season. It's all within our hands. We've proven in big home games that we can rise to the occasion and we've got complacent in games that we should have been banking on. 
So it, it's just got to be 100% focus. Again, level up. It's all a level up. It, those moments cost you massively. And the difference between taking three points at home against Bournemouth to taking nothing and not even getting a point from the game, that's there the points come the end of the year. We're going to look at the league and go, you know, Everton away from home. That goal that we conceded, it's cost us two massive points. The league looks very different right now if we had those two points. The league looks very different if we had the three points from Bournemouth on top of that. Let's say, let's be generous and say one point against Fulham. But, you know, either way, those moments are going to cost us. Lisa, um, who are three worst sides for us in that league after the halfway point where we are now? Um, that's no. a really tough question. Well, I, the reason I asked you it, mate, was because at the start, I said that this league is harder this year than last year. So I think Norwich, Burnley and where the, the other ones were. Watford were probably worse than the three that came up. And obviously we're one of them, but like I think Fulham looked equipped and I thought Bournemouth aren't bad. So I thought it was harder, but now it's opened up a bit and moved around. Southampton looked dog shit to me. I think they're in deep shit. But otherwise, can you pick two more who could save for us? Um, I think, I mean, realistically, I look at the, the teams that are around us. I think West Ham are in big trouble. Um, and... I mean, I know we got a lucky win at the start of the season, but I think West Ham are in big trouble. Um, Bournemouth, anything could happen with them. Um, and I get what Kieran's saying about the fact that, you know, we com completely capitulated and lost the points there. But we we play them in two weeks' time and we owe them one. And hopefully we'll go out there and, and um, get the points on the board in the away game. Um, and I would have taken that of the, of the two two fixtures. I would have taken three points from from the two. Um, so I think we, we are in a mini league and, and it is it is about the next month. Um, and we've got some really tough games with teams around us in, in that run. Uh, and I think then we will see whether we have the guts and the mentality to actually fight. Um, and... I, I do think there are three worst teams, but it's hard to actually say who those teams are. Yes, I agree about Southampton. Nathan Jones will take them down. Coco's completely got his stock wrong on this one as to who he's he's got into bed with, you know, job-wise. Um, and, um, and yeah, I mean, like I say, Bournemouth, West Ham, Leeds, anything could happen with them. Uh, Leicester aren't really out of it because they haven't got any money to spend. And if they sell Tielemans and... Um, Madison in January, then, you know, they, they are weakening their side as well. So I think, you know, there are games that whilst we, you know, play Leicester on Saturday, if we get anything out of that game, play Bournemouth the week after, if we get anything out of that game, we are dragging those teams in and we are progressing a little bit further away from the bottom. Um, then we've got to play Fulham, you know, they, they look really, really good. And it's all right, these people that are out there saying that there are teams like Bournemouth and Fulham who came up with us. They both had premiership squads and we didn't. And we had we have had to gel. We have had to learn the league. Um, and, you know, we, I think we're, we're doing an all right job. It's There are games that we have lost that we probably or, or drawn that we should have taken more points from there are games that we will will have have won um and possibly shouldn't have done but they they say that the results kind of even themselves out over this over the course of the season um I like to think that actually we are on course for a points total that we would be comfortable with and that will keep us up and I think that's imperative for us I think that the the size of the club I said for years in the wilderness, those stars on our shirt, you know, like I said to you guys before, were heavy in League One, in Championship, don't give a shit, in the Premier League, they shine. I think especially if they established this year, um, well, depending on who's buying the players and God knows what, um, it's 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 a good thing. I'm not scared. I don't own a bakery. Um, but uh, yeah, going on from that, Holly, let's look towards the next few games. So coming up on Wednesday is the Wolves of Wolverhampton. Uh, Robert Plant in his skimpy pants dancing around in a Wolves shirt. If you've not seen it, look it up. It's not just a fantasy of mine. Uh, how do you fancy Forrest doing against those uh, those Wolfy boys? Um, home again, aren't we? Yeah, I think we can take them, definitely. Um, that dreadful um, league game with the awful handball decisions, um, we need to make up for that. So, yeah, That's why not? Game. That's another game we should have got some points. Yeah, out. exactly, exactly. Um, I'm still just going back to, yeah, I'm still not over Fulham, still not over Bournemouth. Um, 
I've never felt so bad than I came I came away from Bournemouth. I still remembering now being on the train with with the uh, cooing Bournemouth fans. It just oh, sometimes I lie awake at night and it comes into my mind and it's the yeah. webbed fingers. Yeah, can't get into yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, no, I think we are due to beat Wolves, and I think we will do on Wednesday. I'm trying to be. We've got to come back from the Blackpool game, haven't we? We've got to be positive. I, I, I know it sounds ridiculous. I don't give a fuck. I mean, genuinely, I was thinking of what's put on Twitter and I just went on and thought, I'm not going to whatever else has put. It'd be crazy. I was just going to put meh, hashtag NFFC. But then again, like I say, I just I just didn't see it. I think I got more pissed off when I heard what Steve Cooper said when he said about, you know, um, having a divine right kind of thing, basically, and, you know, the attitude towards it. I don't know what order is. I think I'll Kieran next because it's moved on a bit. Uh, they were saying on the radio earlier on about that wasn't very Steve Cooper to say that. And I said, no, I think it is quite Steve Cooper to call him out. You know, when we've won and he's tempered it and when we've lost, it's been a bit like we'll, we'll take from this. I'm not surprised that he's basically said that won't be happening again. And those people are acting arrogant, basically. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, there's players that made that team that they don't look anywhere near the first team, do they? And they're players that shock horror. The stories about Emmanuel Dennis um, that have come out with the, the possibility that we farm him out so we can get someone else in. Yeah, I've not seen anything from him that makes me go you're better than anyone in that starting 11, earn your place or don't be shocked when no one bats an eyelid about you leaving. And can you, can he really afford that for his career? I, I don't know. I think if, uh, if you want to make that step up and prove that you're better than being the yo-yo striker that flits about between clubs that come and go from the Premier League, you've got to start showing it on the pitch. You've also got to start doing it as a team player. There's moments where he thinks he's messy and he's just absolutely not. Um, yeah, it's... So, um, so, so quick, quick. Is there any of those you imagine you won't see in a Forest shirt again? Oh, I, absolute lottery because, you know, that any any number of them from that Blackpool game... I really don't know. And I wouldn't be shocked because of the way that our transfer policy generally works. Our transfer policy that's absolutely changed fundamentally uh, from the summer uh, won't change. And they, yeah, they're, they're all they're all on the line. Like there's players in our first team squad that I wouldn't be shocked if something shiny and new came up that suddenly made them vulnerable. You, you have to play for the shirt at the minute and you've got to, We going back to that point I've harped on already, the league is a far higher quality and you have to demonstrate that. Someone like Yatesy who's proven that they're ready for the step up, great. Joe Worrell had his phase early in the season where he had to learn from it and seemingly has for, uh, you know, is he the perfect centre-back in the Premier League? No. And again, that's my point. Him again, Kieran. I didn't think we'd see Joe again this season, personally. Not because yeah. he's old, I just couldn't see how he got back in... The and start. the effort, the, the effort for him to get back and not only get back, but now be holding off someone like Scott McKenna and forging a, a partnership with, with Willy Bolly. I still wouldn't say anyone in our back line is indispensable. There, there will be players. Maybe I know he's uh, divided a bit of opinion. Serge, yeah, every now and then he, he suddenly drops the quality, but also quite clearly has moments where he is a cut above what we're used to. I think he's, he's a striker though since Chelsea. He keeps shooting all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, he's earned that right. He's earned that right. At least someone is. Yeah, um, uh, yeah look, re realistically, with the club that we are, with the structure that we've got behind the scenes and without getting too animated about it, that there's no one, there's no one who's safe. Um, and I, I, I just think that, that will come the end of the season, it'll be very clear who we want to stick about and who we don't. Um, and that will be also very clear because of where we finish this season up. Um, if we stay up, then there'll be players like Yatesy that quite clearly will have cemented a role, and there'll still be plenty of fringe players that are vulnerable because we'll have an extra influx of cash for having stayed up. And, you know, I'd, I'd be shocked if people like Jesse stayed for another season and we don't go for someone marquee again. It's just where we're at and we're going to keep seeing names linked to us. And a lot of it will be absolute nonsense and agent and paper talk to try and engineer some moves. But it, it wouldn't surprise me if those moves and that talk does turn heads of people behind the scenes because we know it does. <laughs> They've done it already. Um, yeah. 
none of you are safe, lads. You're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to really fight for your your shirt. The grim keep Kieran Reapers come over here. Uh, Lisa, uh, do you know one of the ones that kind of shocks me is, is Lewis O'Brien? Because I I remember there was a clamor for him to be in the side because he'd been dropped. He looked good, what we'd seen. I told you my Huddersfield mates who I trust were like, that lad's just top quality. He's got to go. I mean, obviously, it's all relative and they're looking at it from Huddersfield point of view, like we would have done in the Championship or League One. And then he came in and I don't remember him being that great when he came back in and then he's in again and then he's like, now. It just looks absolutely like a completely different bloke. And I, I, he seems like one of the ones I would have said was a Cooper signing as well. So I, do you think, because there's been talk of, oh, Cooper's got an idea now of what his side is. It's a bit more settled and no changes in one of the games, I think, in a row after each other. Do you, I still think sometimes I'm going, but is there a bomb squad again that we didn't know about or what's what's going on? No, I don't think there is a bomb squad. I mean, talking about Lewis O'Brien, um, he obviously had had an illness that kept him out for a couple of weeks and he doesn't seem to have come back from that particularly. Um, and when he came on against United, he was off the pace, big time off the pace, and it took a while to get into the game. Um, and I don't think it's unfair to say he was off the pace on Saturday. And um, there is talk about him going out on loan, um, which I, I agree with Kieran, to be fair, that it, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, and I've said a few times that I think we have a squad of probably about 14 or 15 players and then everybody else is not of the standard uh, and that's not good enough. Um, and those 14, 15 need to be at the top of their game every game. And if they're not, you know, we, we, we capitulate and we, we lose games. And, and I'm, I'm happy that over the course of the last three or four matches, we have seen Coop's substitute Brennan because we have seen a long time you know yes I, you know I think he's, he's a great player he's a great prospect and but he is still learning his game but he shouldn't be wrapped in cotton wool and given 90 minutes if he's not performing none of them should um the thing with Worrell is an interesting one because when he came back in having had a nightmare few games and I was probably one of his biggest critics because I, I think it was more frustration that you know what can do you know that there were teams that wanted him and wanted to pay good money for him and we we weren't seeing that we weren't seeing the 12 million pound that Burnley wanted to pay for him four seasons in a row um but I think we changed our formation and him then coming back in and with that change of formation actually suited him better and given what we saw from McKenna and Cook on Saturday I think Worrell's a sure starter at the minute. Um, so it, it is, it, it, I, I agree with Kieran that I think what we will see over the course of the next 21 days um, is going to be quite interesting because we have got to make signings that are stronger than what we have already to be able to maintain and sustain staying in that league. Yeah, I think Willie Bolly's been actually incredible. He has, he's done really well. My only little negative, which is a real small one, is I keep seeing him up front a little bit too much. There's bits like in certain games I've gone, wow, what's he doing there? Get back, Willie. Get back. I just keep seeing him sort of edging up the pitch a bit. And maybe that's just his really long gait that he's actually just took a step and he's there. Uh, Holly, after we've played those Wolverhampton boys, we have a small matter of some other sort of vulpine or uh, is that right a fox i always get fox and wolf mixed up you'd know kieran you've you've got a wolf what they known as <laughs> bowie um how do you fancy us on uh on the saturday against the uh the fester the uh the searching for the rivals boys revenge oh is that where you put the wood right through and i can yeah i can't wait i'm i was just i'm, I'm we were all absolutely gutted weren't we after that terrible away defeat and it looked like the writing was on the wall for Cooper and there was a point where the sky cameras kind of picked up a few of the lads sort of having a little bit of a disagreement. It felt like, oh God, where are we going with this? Um, so let's put that to bed. Let's take them to the city ground and let's demolish them. Um, I really cannot wait for Saturday and I really hope we smash them. And we, ca we can, we can, we absolutely can. Um, I'm really confident. Um, yeah, another another performance like the uh, the cup game, please. That would be lovely. Yeah, hit a nice bit of form as well, though. Leicester, when they got out of that game, so it could, you know, I I'm, I feel fairly all right at Forest at the minute. I generally think, not just because we jumped out of relegations, and I think it's there. Uh, saying that, I'm about to do something slightly rumbunctious and watch Kieran's face. So, Kieran, I'm going to read you a tweet, okay? And I'm going to watch your face and see if your mic comes off mute for it, okay? So, this is from the 20th of September, 2021. I'm watching Lisa's face as well. 
Boris are set to confirm the appointment of Steve Cooper on Tuesday. Cooper was the number one choice for new CEO Dame Murphy. Compensation with Swansea was agreed on Friday and is around the £500,000 mark. from John Percy. And then from today, from John Percy, hi Andy, not falling out here. Just wanted to point out that Dame Murphy wanted Jesse March and not Cooper. I know a lot of fans don't want to believe this, but it's the truth. Thoughts? Kieran's face. It's just... You know, we've, we, uh, I know one or two people said about us, you know, we had Dane on, he was a lovely bloke, yada, yada, yada. And ultimately, it's about what happens on the pitch, like me and Lisa were saying earlier on. But I still saw a club that for 23 years looked kind of rudderless, and I thought the guy changed a lot. And now it seems to be a bit of a narrative there to me, which I find a bit hard to try and get my head around. I, yeah, I, I can't get my head around that at all. Um, but it doesn't really matter, does it, whether that was the truth or not? Because one, Dane has gone. Um, Cooper is clearly putting stock in uh, Filippo Giraldi. He's talked pretty positively um, about a decent relationship. Now, I don't know whether that's a bit of diplomacy on his part or not, but what matters is that it was Steve Cooper that was hired into that job, and it was Steve Cooper that stamped a bit of identity on us, an identity that, I'm sorry, you wouldn't have got with Mr. Uh, Marsh and chance of USA, USA and raiding uh, RB Leipzig at every single possible opportunity. Someone investigate that. There's a brown paper bag somewhere floating between Germany and the UK. Um, Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't read too much into that. It's it is what it is at this stage. Cooper's the man who's at the helm. The board made the right decision eventually uh, to stick with him. Long may that continue. Because if we were to start looking at risk again, Cooper's still the man that I want in that job. Whether we're playing in the Premier League or the Championship next season, he's the man. Don't mess with it. Oh, 100%. I'm completely with you. I think it's even if I, I said it when I was watching the game of the day, I was like, I'd be really sad if he went. I love that man. And at least I'm definitely not going to start asking you about journalistic kind of changes and things like that. But I do, you know, we we as fans, we support Forrest, right? And players have come and gone. And some of my favourites go, so I love Ben Olsen. Really wanted to sign Robbie Blake, things like that, right? And have I ever really loved a CEO? No, I, I don't really know what they do. I'm a bit, you know, a bit confused about it all. But I do know that, you know, from what we spoke, we got an honesty from the bloke and it was always you know it's always easier to like someone when it's doing well and off the back record it looked youthful and it looked like a good move to me and things like that so uh i don't know what questions to ask lisa i don't know if she wants to ask you anything uh but overall it's just i think what scares us as forest fans uh whoever's listening to this i'm sure there's probably no one in lots of ways is we've seen some batshit crazy stuff we've seen fa cups being sold we've seen people meddling with this we've seen reports of you know, this person went because of this and this wasn't paid and fuck knows what other crap. We've seen it all, right? We are the balmy club in lots of ways. I think it's right that some fans will be sitting there going, oh shit, what does this really mean in some way? Yeah, and I think, I mean, going back to the the the, the, t- the tweets, um, when you actually read that out, I just thought, who cares? You know, at the end of the day, what's what goes on off the field is never really reflected anywhere in the media or anywhere other than off the field and within the within the day-to-day business of the football club. Um, so John Percy won't know 100% what happened, neither will Danny, neither will Tails. You know, it's, it is speculation and rumour and, you know, sometimes I think that the club, and it probably happens with every football club, feed journalists certain things in a way to, to for an agenda and to get stuff out there or to deflect from something else. And on in, I just think the timing is a little bit weird. Um, but I also think it's possibly been happening behind the scenes for a while. And it's just now is the time that it, you know, all the loose ends have been tied up and it's done and dusted. Um, for me now, it's about moving forward. Um, good luck to Dane in whatever he does. He will be successful wherever he is. Really nice guy. Um talked a lot of sense and seemed to get it and he was a really good fit for the club as is Cooper Uh, and I am with with Kieran again you know Coops is the man and I hope he is is our man for a while because he seems to have the you know still the fans are behind him um the players certainly seem to be behind him and I, I can't remember uh in it mentality that we've you know that we have all in it together that we've had for the last 18 months uh, f- for such a long time that it, it is scary to think that 
he goes and we're back in that disjointed mess again and then it's it's free fall and you're, and you're back in 23 years of what ifs yeah and i i'm not going to retreat from what i said or why i asked you it kieran or or, or to you lisa and i'm probably trying to make this in some sort of question for you as well holly I think it's because Sean O'Driscoll, things like that, times where so you went, oh, what the fuck? Why has that happened? Or where's this come from? And, you know, people through history, not just at football clubs, through armies and civilizations and governments have spun the people a certain thing to make a certain river flow underneath the city, in, in a sense. And I guess that's, it's not a great speculation. Oh, what does it mean? What does it mean? Because ultimately, Forest are where they are. They're 15th in the league, whatever it is. And that's what we want. And that, you know, that will always be the thing. I guess I'm just a little bit skeptical about some of the, you know, we've been confused by some of the signings this summer, aren't we, Holly? Going, well, who's that? And, you know, we, we think we know that manager after a year. And we're going, well, is that his kind of bloke? And maybe that's the thing. I, I've thought to myself that that's football. And we have to realize that he is a coach. And he coaches people and other people will go and do the deals. And however much on FIFA, I can pretend to be Steve Cooper and make Zaha come in the office and offer him this to his agent. And it happens. That's probably not the real world of what it is. Um, but how, how's your overall feeling on it, Holly? Do you want full transparency from your club or you just want to see 11 men run on the pitch and play some football and fuck off? Because I, I do see merits in both. Yeah, at the end of the day, as long as they're winning, I don't really care. I mean, this club's been absolutely crying out for continuity and stability for years and years and years. And they made the right call in keeping Cooper. And obviously, Dane didn't back him. Um, so he was wrong, wasn't he? Because, you know, we've crawled back and he is the man that I think is definitely going to keep us in the league. He's the only man that was going to keep us in this league. Um you know, the thought of like, you know, Benitez's name was being toyed around, wasn't it? I mean, it just brings chills down my spine to think, you know, where we could be if we had swaps, if we'd swapped, if we changed, yeah. if we'd uh, rolled the dice. Um, so for me, as long as we're winning, um, I, I also, I want us to have a, an air, a sort of an, an air of credibility as well. I mean, we've been the laughing stock, haven't we, since the transfer window of, oh, there's Forrest made 23 signings and, I think Cooper got asked again, didn't he? And he was laughing about it. You know, whenever we talk about forests and signings, it's a big old ha-ha. Um, and I just want us to, you know, do the talking on the field, make the right signings and be a bit more credible again. I, well, we know we're credible, but, you know, for the outside talk sport world to actually give us some credit um, would be quite um, heartening, really. So a final thought on this, what I think it's quite funny, Holly, and it's back what you're saying there is, is that we even asked this today when he was on. So what's your day? What's your job? Because if you said to me he was a good right back and Kieran was on with Serge Aurier and that we go, oh, we've seen Matthew Louis-Jean in the past. We've seen Thierry Bonnelaire. We've seen Des Little. We know what it is to compare it with. I couldn't tell you what a good CEO is or not. I just saw a young person who looked like they were, you know, in tune with what the club was. That's that's my point. That's why I'm bringing it up. Kieran, will you assess me? Yeah, mate, I think that's the point, though. A good CEO, you shouldn't know what they're doing. Mm. They're, they're, it should be a very quiet role. And... I, I think Dane went about it with um, with a level of dignity amid a circus. That his CV looks good for his time with this club, That's and I will be, and and I'll be really yeah, and Barnsley as well. And I, I, I'm grateful for for what he's done. Ultimately, like we're not gonna ever now that we've gone up. I think something that fans are gonna have to swallow: you're never gonna have the benevolent owner that we had in Nigel Doughty never going to happen again in our lifetime if it does it's because we've capitulated and gone down to league one again and someone has bought us on the cheap and they've tried to save us from uh, going out of existence but beyond that the only reason people will want to be involved with our club is either a bit of vanity or they reckon that they can turn a profit by getting us into a european competition and you know draw your own conclusions about what we think the motivations are um with the current lot but th th no one gets into football to own a club or to be the CEO of a club because of the, the pure glory that they could deliver to the fans. It's a business world, especially now at the, the level that we're at. Um, and I think I think we're right. We do have to just kind of we don't have to necessarily like it. But when things are going right for us on the pitch and things are relatively stable behind the scenes. Let's just give them a, the, the benefit of uh, of some doubt during, during those times because there'll be more nonsense to come. There absolutely will because that's just the world that we're in.
and then we can start piping up. But maybe for now, you know, things have started to look a little bit better on the pitch in the Premier League. The guys have started to gel. Uh, I hope that's what continues behind the scenes because there's plenty of work still to do behind the scenes to build us up to the level that we need to be to maintain us. That was, a, you know, that's what a CEO does. They're the one that build your media team to the point that it's uh, respectable and you're not putting out pictures of, of little wolves being played with. Um, like, and, you know, getting the, the commercial sides of, of deals right. Also, Harold, the club for going the charitable route and paying for that uh, that privilege as well, not just giving it away for, for free. Um there's, there's a lot that I think a CEO does that we shouldn't understand because it's an ugly, ugly world. And I just, whoever's got to keep doing it, keep your head down and do it quietly. Thereeth and endeth the sermon and the uh, eulogy. And all that. <laughs> um, Lisa, I'm going to wrap up well, all three of you, actually, but I'll start with you, Lisa, because you're next on my list. So uh, we've done this through the season and I just haven't written it down anywhere. Like fantasy league and things like that. We will come to the competition later on. Oh, by the way, yeah, try and guess the score for Forrest Leicester. If you get it right, uh, you win something that Lisa knows about. We'll put it in a tweet. Um, that sounded really blasé to people giving us wonderful prizes, but Lisa sorted it all out. She did her dark deals on the Lady Bay Bridge, and I, I wasn't a part of it. Um, so what I'm going to say is, Lisa, where do you think Forrest, at the minute, do you think they will finish the season? I was going to say, we've done this a few times and have not written them down. And who will be our surprise signing of the January transfer window? <laughs> uh i am um, 16th um don't really fancy going to palace on the last day of the season needing anything to uh to stay up so can we do it early please and um surprise signing of the transfer window Pfft. your guess is as good as mine mate honestly um there uh, are, no, no, I, no, just, no. I really I, I just think we will probably go for all right, what sort of position? What sort of position? And will we win a, a centre-back? A, centre a quick, quick centre-back. Yep. Uh, somebody stalwartish in the middle. And a striker. And will we win the League Cup? No, I think we'll get knocked out in the semis. Oh, but, you know, a final would probably mean Europe. Well, a final is my birthday weekend, so that and but that scuppers every plan that we already have in place. So that would probably be the most typical Forest thing that could happen. Yeah, so sorry, Forest fans, if we don't win the uh, League Cup this year. But Lisa wants to have a bit go of to a the party. circus. Yeah, Lisa <laughs> wants to go to a Toby Carvery. Anyway, I mean, Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> actually, I'm sorry. <laughs> that first, it's more said about more about me. That's the first place I went for. Uh, Holly, uh, where do Forest currently finish? Uh, sounds a bit of a shit way of asking the question. Uh, on current form, and what are they going to sign, and do they win the League Cup? Ooh. These are the things that people want to know. What do you think? Uh, this is the thing. It, I want to be positive and I don't want to, well, I don't want to say we're just going to scrape 17th. So I'm going to try and stick with some positivity and go 15th. Um, it's quite a stretch, but we'll see. Um, in terms of signings, I have absolutely no idea. Um, I could be... I mean, I'd love, I'd love to say, and this is quite not controversial, but the age-old debate of um, freeing Jed Spence from his uh, Spurs shackles, but it's not going to happen, is it? Let's face it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, bad move, um, do we need him, that old debate? Um, I'd still love him. I think most people would love to see him back in the Garibaldi. But um, you know what, Holly, I just question if the right-back changing would make as big a difference to our season as a striker, etc. That's, that's yeah, that's it. Do we need him? Probably not. So um, it's more of a sentimental signing than anything. Um, and I would agree, semi-final, why not? Semi-fin- I once heard, heard Roy Hodgson call it a semi-finale, which I always put down to be in his time in Europe that he'd become a bit finessed. You know, well, we've done awfully well to get through to the semi-finale or something like that. Obviously, that sounds more like loads of other people than him. Uh, Kieran, do you see Forrest getting further than the semi-finale? Uh, what area would you sign and where do you think they will finish? She. I'll be honest. I think Lopteggy is a very, very, very good manager for, for Wolves. I think he's going to elevate them. If they don't beat us, I'd be surprised, to be honest. Uh, I want to be more hopeful, but I also don't really care about anything other than the league. Um, I do not care if we get knocked out in that round and we only finish 17th. Because that's the important thing. Finish seventeenth. Um, 
Yeah, do you know what? I, I end of season prediction at this point, I'd still bite your hand off for 17th. Um, given how compact the league is, I think we could finish anywhere from 17th to 12th with a uh, a little bit of a run of form, but I'll stick with 17th and not be too greedy and hope that the universe rewards me. Um, Transfer-wise, like a random one that might come. Again, this is me falling for the paper talk, but if we manage to get Watford to take Emmanuel Dennis off us and we got yeah. Ismail Assar in yeah. return, I'd be buzzing. I'd be absolutely buzzing with that. One. And it's probably absolute nonsense. But uh, do, you want, do you know this player you sold who's been shit since he's gone? Uh, do you want him back for the one that's probably really all right in your team? Yeah, yeah. yeah. especially right? when they're fourth. Oh, please. Is this also the player, though, that Watford allegedly cheered when he left because he got such a shit attitude in the dressing room? Can you really see that happening? I just, I just can't. Money talks, and we've got it these days. <laughs> yeah, we've we've got it all. We are Nottingham fucking Forest. Deal with it. Um, okay, so we're going to sign off from there. Like I say we all put details of the competition. I think it genuinely just had never been won. It was always like, anyone going to win this? No, because Forest went through like really random results, or no one could really guess it. So, uh, thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Kieran, for joining. We will be back uh, next week. Yeah, we're going to be more regular. Like we've had our brand. Blakes, etc. etc. Uh, as always, uh, pleasure to make this for you and uh, you reds, and we'll see you next time. Hey!